We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Great New Year's holiday, and we are here as always. Six of my favorite plays for you tonight. In the NBA, we'll talk Fandle, DraftKings, and Yahoo give you a lot of plays in the mid-range. Make life easy on you. Leave room for your favorite stud in that lineup. So let's get right to things. Before we do it, guys, a couple things. Make sure you subscribe to the channel. Make sure you hit that thumbs up button, guys. That's the tip jar here. Very easy. Never going to ask you to PayPal me any money. Just hit that thumbs up button. Really helps us out, guys, and I greatly appreciate it. So thank you for that in advance. Now, let's get into the plays. Looks like a fun slate here tonight. Let's start at power forward, center, depending on where you're playing, Rashawn Holmes of the Kings. So no Marvin Bagley once again here tonight for Sacramento. I think that's going to mean good things for Rashawn Holmes. More opportunity, more usage, more shots down low at those rebounds, the scoring opportunities. And he's certainly been productive here over the last couple games. Double-doubles now in four of the last six games. And we know the upside Rashawn Holmes brings to the table can contribute in so many ways, so many categories, and that's what I love here. A guy that can smash his salary, and we certainly will get that opportunity here against a Memphis team. Gives up the fourth most fantasy points to the power forward position so far this season. So a good price here on Rashawn Holmes. A good matchup here. No Marvin Bagley. I think locks in another double-double with plenty of upside here in your GPPs across the DFS industry. All right, let's go to shooting guard. Small forward. Next play for is Alec Burks of the Warriors. So this is one of those pricing plays. I don't mind him at 6500 on DraftKings, $23 on Yahoo. But FanDuel, 5600 I think is one of the best mid-range values that we have tonight on this slate. So a mispricing, in my opinion. These are the spots we want to load up and take advantage of. No D'Angelo Russell. That means a lot more on the plate of Alec Burks. When you run the numbers on our court IQ tool, which you can find over at Verona Grinders, we take out some of the guys that are injured here. For the Golden State Warriors, guess who leads the team in usage? You got it. Alec Burks here in a good spot in the Warriors. Huge pace-up spot. We know Minnesota plays very little defense, wants to get up and down the floor. The Warriors will be happy 
to oblige here that Alec Burks has to take on the scoring role, help out at point guard. So much to do here for Alec Burks, so much usage, and the price just does not reflect that, especially on FanDuel at a nice 5,600. All right, let's stay right there with Golden State at shooting guard small forward. His teammate, Damian Lee, also in play tonight against Minnesota. So the price continues to climb here on Damian Lee, but I ask you, has it gone high enough? This guy continues to put up 30 or more fantasy points, so he's hitting his price pretty easily. He's exceeding that price pretty easily. 31 or more, like we said. We'll look at the production here in a minute, but the minutes have really been impressive. 31 or more minutes now in five of the last six games. We talked about all the injuries for Golden State. They're going to be very thin once again here tonight. No Russell, no Willie Cauley-Stein, no Kevon Looney. So the rotation is thinned out. That means minutes. That means shots. That means the same argument we just made for Alec Burks applies to Damian Lee as well. And the production, like we said, averaging almost 37 DraftKings points a game over his last six. So easily making hay on that salary tonight with room for more. Plenty of meat on the bone here. Matchup with Minnesota we've already highlighted as a plus. Damian Lee in a good spot here tonight here in this mid-range. Even at that elevated price, don't be afraid to click that button here tonight on Damian Lee. All right, point guard, shooting guard. Next pick for us, Derrick Rose of the Pistons. So another spot here. We run the old court IQ. We take some of these guys off the floor. We've got no Blake Griffin tonight for Detroit. We've got no Markeith Morris. We also have no Luke Kennard. So Detroit, another spot that you can look and run the numbers. And when we do that, Derrick Rose averaging almost 1.4 fantasy points per minute in that scenario. I know what you're saying. The minutes, the minutes, the minutes are just not there. Well, even if we give him 30, even if he pushes close to that 30 minutes, do the math. We're talking about easily making hay on this number and exceeding it. We're talking in excess of 40 fantasy points in that scenario. You take Patrick Beverly away on the other side. Take another negative away, which would be a tougher matchup. One of the better defenders we have at the point guard position. And the recent form is there as well. 30 or more fantasy points in three of the last four. So you're talking cash games. He's hit the number you need him to do talking tournaments I think that upside is there I think you see some extra minutes here tonight on a Derrick Rose and I think he goes over 40 fantasy points here tonight against the Los Angeles Clippers all right speaking of the Clippers let's stay right there let's go to that side with point guard shooting guard Lou Williams so just like we talked about with Alec Burks here's another FanDuel price that you're going to want to jump all over only 5200 on FanDuel tonight for Lou Williams. Generally, when you see a guy cheaper on FanDuel, he is on DraftKings. We want to lock that in, but when he's $1,100 cheaper here, we want to jump all over that, and that's what I'll be doing tonight with Lou Williams. We talked about no Patrick Beverly here tonight. I think you're going to see a lot of Lou Williams at the point guard. Landry Shamet, okay, he's going to play some minutes. I don't think he's the answer here. Lou Williams can do a lot more in that role. We've seen seven or more assists now in three straight games for Lou Williams. So you start to add the assist to his scoring upside. Even with George and Kawhi in that lineup, Lou Williams can put points on the board in Detroit. No matter if he's playing point guard, shooting guard, does not matter. Bottom half of the league in fantasy points allowed in both of those positions. Lou Williams in a tremendous spot here tonight. Love him on DraftKings. Love him immensely on FanDuel at just 5,200. All right, it's time to take a look at my favorite play for tonight's slate. Before we do that, guys, we want to run it back. We want to say thank you to the Loyal Bar patrons once again here with our Beast of the Night contest. All you got to do, get in the comment section and guess fantasy points for my Beast of the Night on DraftKings. 
and you can win yourself three free days of Roto-Grinders Premium, which is going to allow you to get behind the scenes, behind the paywall, check out everything we have absolutely free. So, fantasy points in the comment section. Make sure you've liked the video. Make sure you've subscribed to the video already. All right, let's take a look at my favorite play of the night. You know him as the Beast of the Night. All right, Beast time. We still owe you a center. We're going to build a little mini stack here of Detroit and the Clippers. We're going to go with Andre Drummond, tonight's Beast of the Night. So we already told you all the injuries there. Generally, when Blake Griffin's out, I want Andre Drummond in my lineup. It's as simple as that. But there's more factors here that we're going to get into besides that. Double-doubles, pretty much a lock. Every single night, we know that. Lock in a floor of a double-double, pretty much. 13 of the last 15 games, he has done that. When he doesn't do it, he comes very close. You look at the last game out. This guy put over 50 fantasy points against Rudy Gobert, the stifled tower, one of the best defenders we have in this league. And now he gets a matchup with the Los Angeles Clippers here. So when he can do it against Utah, what can he do against this Clippers team, allowing the 12th most fantasy points to the position, a team that struggles with a player of his archetype, 25th in that department. I think Andre Drummond under 10K on both the major sites here. Easily my favorite play on the night and tonight's beast of the night. All right, guys, that'll wrap us up here for our NBA six-pack for Thursday. Any comments, questions, feedback, make sure you get in the comment section right below the video. Don't forget, fantasy points for Andre Drummond on DraftKings in the comment section as well for your three free days of Roto-Grinders Premium. Everyone has a shot at that absolutely free. And again, a thank you to you guys for watching the video. We'll be back tomorrow with another NBA six-pack, so keep an eye out on that. Also, we'll have a special NFL playoff six-pack covering FanDuel. DraftKings and Yahoo. So, wild card edition. We got NBA, we got NFL, NFL wrapping up, and we'll turn our attention full time to the NBA. But as always, guys, thank you for watching. For Rotogrinders.com, I am Bear saying salut. Best of luck here tonight, guys, and we'll see you. Hey, thanks for checking out our videos. If you want more expert advice on DraftKings, FanDuel, or any other daily fantasy sports, make sure you check out the current videos playlist.
What is going on, Rotor Grinders? Dean here at Steen 7904 if you want to get all technical. I mean, it's 520 on the dot on the East Coast, 220 on the West Coast, 420 Tennessee time, which, of course, means it's time for the flagship show here at Rotor Grinders. It's called Grinders Live, and joining me today, it's Kyle Murray. What's going on, Kyle? You're a little bit flustered pre-show because apparently you're having issues to some degree with the with your spreadsheets or something. Are we going to be uh, able to power through or what? Yeah, Bill Gates is out to get me. Excel is messing me today, but... uh. Yeah, so that plus I'm a little under the weather, but I'm ready to go, man. It's a nice, a nice size slate for once, you know, with the with the holiday. I've had a bunch of like three and four game slates, so ready to get at it with a, a decent size slate here. Did you have the fish? Is that what happened here? What, what, what just a flu of some sort? The, the cough? Or? Well, if you asked me yesterday, I figured it was the New Year's Eve fish, but now I don't know. It's like a two day hangover is a little bit extreme, so I'm I'm putting the pieces together. I'm still trying to figure it out, but uh, I'm ready to roll some NBA uh, DFS here with you today. You're a little bit thirsty on New Year's, kicking him back on uh, Grandpa's cough medicine. It was good times. Yep, yep, yep. Good times. Uh, it is a nine gamer. It doesn't really feel like a nine gamer. Maybe it's just me. Does it feel like a nine gamer to you? Because some of these games are sort of meh. Is that your general assessment? Yeah, a- I mean, you know, what you, what you could do is you can like log into whatever site you're playing on and then count the games, and then that's how many games it is. <laughs> sure. Yes. <laughs> so. That's what I've been doing, but maybe I've been doing it wrong. Well, there's definitely nine games. Like there, <laughs> some maybe played in the forest and they make a sound, or I don't know how the rest of that thing goes. But uh, I don't know. There's just not a lot of stuff that's appealing to me for a nine gamer. No, I get you. Yeah. There's not a lot of stars out there. You know, if you look at the projected fantasy points, Luka Doncic is projected to score the most fantasy points, uh, uh, obviously, clearly, and I think it's like ten or eleven more than the next person. So, um, you know, you know, most of the league is not most of the league, but I guess 18 teams. I was doing the math. I just logged into a site and I believe it's nine. Uh, they all have an opponent. So it's nine. It's not like a scrimmage game of any sort. So it's nine That's times good. two. Yeah. That's important. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like the Washington generals aren't showing up out of nowhere or something <laughs> like that. The team that's not in the association, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of a weird slate for me. Uh, I want to give a couple of shout outs as far as the, uh, you guys are rocking the RG badge. You guys know how this goes down. You rock the RG badge these days. We incentivize you all to do so. Uh, you get one month free Roto Grinders Premium if you finish in the top 10 of certain contests. Devin, fabulous multitasking producer, is going to go ahead and drop that link in chat if you guys want to learn more information about it. Uh, the shout outs are as follows LC uh, Bruisers. And uh, man, we were trying to figure out how to pronounce this one pre show, and I did not come up to it with an answer, but I'm just going to say it out. Uh, tickle me to tickle my fourteen twenty maybe or it's. I will not tea. do that, Dean. No. <laughs> I mean, you don't have that Giannis and Dedekopo reach. You can't get me from uh, over there in uh, Michigan. I don't think I'm way too far away for you. Uh, T K U H L M Y fourteen twenty. There you go. Thanks for thanks for rocking the RG badge. Uh, and of course, we do want to mention the SharpSide app promo has gone down. Uh, that is a thing. Devin's going to go ahead and drop the link to you guys in chat as far as more information about that, or at least the graphic as far as how you can make money. Uh, on FanDuel, if you're using the SharpSide app, it is free. You get yourself, I believe you start making money. If six winners, uh, you start at six winners, each winner after that is uh, $10 per. Uh, you're just picking winners in the SharpSide app. You can't say, I'm just going to bet against, like, you know, the worst teams in basketball straight up. It's got to be minus 140 or less as far as the odds. You can't take, like, you know, minus 720 favorites. I know that some people do that with the whale plays. We don't want to name names or anything, but. <laughs> I feel like that's uh, something that goes down on the, on the Twitterverse. But uh, give me this screenshot. We kind of talked about it as far as this slate tonight. It's a nine-gamer. There are 18 teams playing basketball. Uh, there's a lot of body parts that we'll talk about and some that are still up in the air. But, uh, you know, general overview as far as the slate before we break it down game by game. Yeah, the uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves just don't like us. You know, as a, as a community, 
They really don't like us. And neither do the Bulls. The Bulls have been toying with us with the, everyone being probable, but at least we kind of get the picture of what they're doing. We have no idea what these Timberwolves are doing. Um, yesterday, they kind of gave us a little bit of a, a sneak peek. They kind of gave us the information that some of these guys were going to be out prior to yesterday's game. Not the case today. We've got a lot of questionable guys. Jeff T, I believe, is the only one doubtful. So going to keep our eyes on that one because, you know, a lot of value can arise from that game with the Timberwolves being an amazing matchup against the Warriors. So hopefully we get that news before lock for uh, sites that you don't have late swap. So that's kind of the main screenshot, to be honest with you. Basketball's, uh, you know, a, sports, a sport that really revolves around adjusting to news, and that's going to be where a lot of the news comes from. So talking about that and how those injuries will affect that team, we kind of have a, a, a gist of it, considering that these guys have been out for, you know, I think Towns has been out for like eight or nine games, uh, Wiggins a few games. So you kind of get the picture. But, you know, you mentioned it. Luca is the clear-cut top guy, and he's going to be the clear-cut top chalk, I believe. You know, I saw – I believe we have not projected for nearly 60% ownership on FanDuel right now. So uh, it's going to be a lot of chalk on this slate. But so watching out for the chalk and then also watching out for these, this injury news is going to be uh, kind of the screenshot of the slate for me. Just hitting the refresh button now as far as on FHQ, of course, the ownership percentages, you know, they get more and more refined the closer and closer we get the lock. And, uh, I'm seeing Luca. Okay, 36% on DK. You said Fandle, he's what, 50 and change? Jeez. Uh, 60, 64 now. I just refresh as well. I'm 64. Yeah, but that, I mean, he's, he's cheaper over there too, which kind of yeah. makes sense dollar for dollar. Um, yep. Just it, it fits the lineup build better as well. 64% over there. And I'll tell you, well, we'll talk about it soon enough, but I don't think I want to be on the, uh, I don't want to be under that. I don't think I do. Just uh, obviously Porzingis is out. We'll talk about that in a second too. Gary Harris is currently questionable with his shin. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon, he's out with his back. THJ, Tim Hardaway Jr., he's out with his hammy. Porzingis, again, like we said, he's out with his knee. Garrett Temple's uh, questionable with his knee. Jay Crowder, he's got an ankle, so he's questionable. Uh, Malvin, uh, Melvin Bra- uh, Bagley for Sacramento. <laughs> oh, geez. What, what, am I, what do they call him? Malvin? Malvin. Uh, Malvin Bagley. That's his cousin. Uh, he's out with a foot. Uh, Blake Griffin, sorry, Detroit Piston fans. Uh, that's not going to end well for y'all. Uh, he's doubtful with his knee once again. Markeith Morris is out with his foot. Bruce Brown is questionable. Uh, Golden State, same situation there. Looney is out with his abdominal. Uh, Willie Cauley-Stein still out with the fish. He was hanging out with you on no New Year's, apparently. Uh, yeah. D'Angelo Russell's out with his shoulder. Uh, Minnesota's an absolute disaster, as we mentioned. Wiggins, uh, questionable. He was just ill. You know, that's all. Uh, Noah Vonley's got a butt, uh, so he's questionable with that. Uh, <laughs> Jeff Teague, you said, is doubtful. Cat, he's got his knee. Uh, it's Groundhog Day. He's questionable once again. And Trevion Graham, another guy who's questionable, not feeling particularly well. And that's an hour into the slate. Hopefully we'll get more information. Obviously, you know, I know you play fan, on FanDuel a good bit, and I'm curious like how you're going to handle that if we don't have information. Some guesswork there, and I'm going to assume Cat doesn't play because he hasn't played for like the last like seven or eight or nine games or whatever, but maybe he does, and they're in the back-to-back. But that said, uh, let's go ahead and – oh, you talked about Minnesota-Golden State game where you said like there's nine – Nine games, 18 NBA teams, and, like, I don't have any NBA players we're playing in that game, but that's, like, one of the most appealing games to sleep because, you know, they're going to score a lot of points, and a lot of those dudes are cheap. Uh, let's break it down game by game. There's two games that start at uh, 7 o'clock on the East Coast. First one on the docket is Charlotte and Cleveland. 213.5 is the total. It's not high, but it is tight. Cleveland is a one-point favorite. Look at that. The Cavs are favored. Good for them. Um, this game is, again, one of those – I mean, I kind of referenced it before – they're playing basketball. There's some guys that can get there. I know there's nobody like that jumps off the page. Like I got a roster this dude. Uh, good rebounding matchup for Kevin Love and for Thompson. And Love, when he stays in the court, he does pretty well. And 
you know, he usually sticks around more for close games as opposed to when they're getting blown out. So I think Love's kind of interesting as a tournament play. Good rebounding matchup for Thompson. Uh, as far as Garland and Sexton, they've been a little bit better uh, as far as minutes-wise with the departure of Clarkson. But, you know, is there a lot to see here? If you're rolling one lineup, you're probably not playing anybody in this game. Maybe you are. You tell me I'm wrong. Well, so I think there's definitely spots you can go on this one. Uh, obviously, the total isn't very high, but it is a pretty solid matchup for both teams here. Um, both teams aren't very great great defensively. They do play at a slow slow pace, but, you know, poor defensive teams here. So I think you can kind of pick your spots in this one. So some guys that I think are interesting, uh, mainly for values, Kevin Porter Jr. Been seeing him get an uptick in minutes here. Um, RG lineup HQ has a projection for 28. I am for 27, so we're kind of on pace there. So I, I think he's a solid value play. Nothing spectacular, but, you know, you mentioned it. Kevin Love is interesting as well. Nobody's going to play him. Good, mat, good uh, rebounding matchup here. Um, so I think you can go here for some contrarian options, but nothing that really uh, jumps off the page too much. I would guess that I would say I guess that Kevin Porter, Colin Sexton are you know good value pieces for me here. Was Kevin Love being someone interesting? As far as the Charlotte side, uh, don't really love a whole lot. Devontae Graham is the guy that you can always go to just because he's going to play a ton of minutes. Um, but other than that, I think some of these guys just aren't really priced at a point where it's really beneficial to, to roster them frequently. I mean, you could take GPP shots on any of these guys because it is a really good matchup. But uh, for me, it's just mainly those four, but not a significant amount of interest in this game. I just think there's other spots that are more appealing on this slate. But, uh, yeah, I think Kevin Porter Jr. is pretty interesting. Do the position that he's on, that he is uh, on FanDuel, and he is pretty cheap over there. So uh, I like him for a value piece. What do we got in projected for Porter? Like uh, about 28 minutes, 27 minutes, something like that? 26? Yep, 28 minutes. Yep, 28 He's averaging around 0.8 fantasy points per minute in the season, and he is kind of a he's still sort of priced down, hasn't fully adjusted to his new role. And you know, he's not great, but he's one of those guys that helps you get Luca. <laughs> you want to pay for yeah, Luca, sure. and we like Luca for sure. Anything else that's worth talking about this game, or shall we move on? Um, there's one guy who you can take a shot on here, and he's another guy whose price isn't really too appealing, but it's PJ Washington. He's just a guy that I've kind of been mentioning all year. You can see him play 35 minutes, and you can see him play 25. It's very uh, up and down, but like I said, really good matchup. So he's he'd probably be like that last secondary piece. But overall, not a whole lot of interest in anyone from this game. Just a minor, minor appeal here. Is he going to make his threes? That's the question. If he makes them, he's good. If he doesn't, yeah, it's not good. <laughs> Simple yeah, as that, right? True. Yeah. <laughs> what else is there to say about him? Yeah. Uh, all right, let's move on. Denver, Indiana, two eight and a half as a total. Indiana is a one point favorite here. Uh, we did talk about Brogdon being out, Holiday presumably. Aaron Holiday presumably will jump back in that starting lineup once again. Uh, Denver side, we do have Harris currently questionable. The tricky thing with Harris being questionable, those minutes are dispersed to multiple guys. Nobody really necessarily is obvious. Uh, you know, a collection of uh, more Monte Morris and uh, Torrey Craig may draw the start. You know, they kind of match up base depending on who's on the other side. Uh, do we care if Harris is out? Does anybody sort of jump up and into play for you or just sort of not all that interesting, surprisingly. Yeah, I mean, the only thing that would really improve, in my opinion, is is the the matchup because he is a pretty solid defender. But, um, yeah, I think they have so many guys in the wings that they can play already that uh, I don't think it changes too much for, for the you know the rotation here. Um, maybe we see Monty Morris pick up a few extra minutes or, or even a guy like Michael Porter Jr. They can do a lot of different things because they have the bodies. But um, I don't think there's anything too significant that would uh, change based on the Harris news. Let's pull up the ownership in this game. I feel like the ownership's going to be fairly low. And, like, people aren't playing Jokic, right? Jokic's Joker's no. just not going to be played? Nope, he's uh, projected for 8% right now on FanDuel. So, very low. Very Any low. interest? 
Yeah, definitely. I think it is a pretty obviously this is a one where the matchup isn't great. Um, this is these are two really good defensive teams, two pretty slow paced teams. So kind of the opposite with um, the Charlotte Cleveland game. There are a lot of really good uh, fantasy players in this one. So Jokic is obviously one of those guys. Anytime you can get Jokic at eight uh, percent ownership and the nine two price tag on FanDuel is definitely not you know out of the realm here. So it's a solid price. So um, I like Jokic a little bit. He's pretty much the only guy I really have any significant interest in on the uh, Denver side. But I do have uh, some interest on these and some of these guys on the Indiana side. I'm pulling up now. I'm kind of curious because like yeah, Drummond's 24 percent on FanDuel. Oh, this is DK. You're on FanDuel. I'm on DK. I suppose that'll make sense. Sure. As far as our uh, comparison, uh, comparative shopping, Jokic right now on DK is currently three percent. Three percent on Jokic. Yeah. Uh, you know, I understand why he's not popping. I totally get it. But I do think he's also injured. If you're rolling out, you know, 20 or 30 lineups, get a get a share or two of Jokic. Sure. Why not? Yeah. Uh, who you're running it back with uh, theoretically on the Indiana side? Yeah. The doppelganger. So I- <laughs> yeah, I, I like Sabonis a pretty good amount here. I'm not as uh, comparative to him now because I got the hat on, so haven't been drawing any of that uh, comparison, <laughs> you know, between me and Sabonis. But I do think it's a pretty good spot for him, and the prices come down. You know, we, we're seeing him at a 9K price tag pretty significantly uh, and, and steadily, really. So um, he's this guy that's going to play 30 to 32 to 33 minutes, night in, night out. He's you know averaging a double double this year, so he's got a really strong uh, floor and ceiling combo here. Uh, not not a great matchup, but one thing that is interesting is the uh, DBA tool on Roto Grinders has him as the uh, the twenty fourth best or the twenty fourth match twenty fourth ranked matchup. So pretty strong matchup. So sixth best here for uh, Sabonis, and then McConnell as well. I think you can play McConnell or Holiday, but I just think you know McConnell's a thousand dollars cheaper. So I'm tending to find myself go there a little bit more. Um, you know you you won't see the same amount of minutes that you'll see on Holiday, but. Uh, but yeah, I think so. I just lean McConnell over Holiday slightly just because of the price, but you can play either one here. Holiday will probably play 32, 33 minutes, and McConnell will probably be around 26, 27. But McConnell's been pretty strong uh, per minute-wise, uh, 1.04 so far this season. So I think you can Second go best to- pacer uh, if you throw Brogdon off the court. I presume Brogdon's a little bit higher than that. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So I, I like those two mainly, and uh, you can play Holiday still despite the uh, price being hiked up. So amongst the cheapies, uh, where does Holiday? Uh, where, where's the uh, Timothy John uh, McConnell? Where, where does he rank for you? Uh, sorry, where does McConnell rank? Yeah, like when you think about guys like Wright uh, that, that people are going to be considering yeah, yeah. today, like Brunson uh, on DK, people are going to be rolling out. He's just so cheap over there. Uh, well, where is he in that conversation, TJ McConnell? I understand lineup construction yeah. matters too. Yeah, I think it's going to depend a lot on you know where the uh, what, what happens with this Minnesota news. So yeah. you know if if we get Shabazz Napier again. I probably won't have as much interest in, in McConnell, but if, if you know Wiggins is in and Cat um, is in, I might find myself going there a little bit more. I'd probably rank them, you know, uh, five or six right now. That's with uh, some of these guys in, but it's a lot of it's going to depend on you know what position I'm feeling for value and also the Minnesota guys. But I do think he is a really strong value play, and I, I don't think he'll be as popular as some of these other value plays. So definitely appealing. Uh, lineup HQ ten percent right now on Fanduel for the ownership over there. So uh, I like that a little bit. Yeah, tough job for Jamino today as far as projecting the ownership because you might not get that Minnesota news for FanDuel. And I don't know who's going to be doing the risk-reward stuff. And I'm, I'm, when we get there, I'm curious to get your thoughts as far as how you're going to handle that because it's certainly possible. The Minnesota, you, know, you kind of alluded to it, they've been jerking us around uh, as yeah. far as who's in and who's out and letting uh, giving clarity as far as the bodies. And that game starts an hour and a half. I'm sorry, an hour after lock in Minnesota. You know, FanDuel, of course, you lock. You're locked in. You, you get to spend some time with your family. Uh, I pulled up the consensus value rankings today for FanDuel uh, as far as our point guard specifically. Myself, Noto, Meansy, 
and Squirrel Patrol. Uh, collectively, uh, we have TJ McConnell as our fourth uh, best okay. point guard dollar for dollar. So just throwing that out there. Napier's ahead, but like we don't really know what to do with Napier. We're assuming he's in. We're assuming he's yeah. going to – well, he's definitely going to be in. We're assuming the bodies around him are out, but who really knows? Uh, anything else this game is kind of uh, you know, worth uh, worth noting? You mentioned there is some good fantasy players in this game, but they're all sort of market price. They're all sort of priced yeah. what they should be. So what is his price, what he should be. Uh, Lamb, you know, his minutes are a little bit more solidified, I suppose, with the Brogdon being out. Uh, Holiday, uh, is, is he – kind of where he should be now is there still some meat in that bone as far as Aaron Holiday or you know he's just sort of fine you're not seeking him out if you land on him so be it but is that sort of where we're at as far as the rest of this game yeah I think he's fine like I said I, I would prefer McConnell because you do get you know the thousand dollar discount on FanDuel and then uh slight discounts across the industry so I prefer McConnell but I think you can still go there you know if you have the, the leftover cash um you know it's gonna be he's gonna play a lot of minutes the usage has been all right uh not as great of a permanent guy as McConnell but yeah, I don't think he's bad, but I just don't think there's anything too exciting anymore with the price being up. All right, fun game to watch for sure, if nothing else. Toronto at Miami. Is this the TNT game? I'm just guessing. I feel like this should be a TNT game. Maybe it's not. I don't know. It's got a weird time, so maybe it's not. Uh, doubleheader, I presume, tonight. 7.30 on the East Coast. Toronto at Miami. 2.14.5 is a total. Miami, uh, six-point favorite. Toronto, we know how tight those rotations are. We know how many minutes those guys play. Uh, of course, this isn't the most ideal of matchups, but Lowry, uh, nobody's playing more minutes than him in the NBA, 37, 38, 39 minutes, which is completely ridiculous to think, but that's what he's doing. And I think he's like 32, 33, but we don't care about two years from now or even a month from now, I suppose. We care about tonight and tonight only. And tonight, you know, he's going to play a lot of minutes, as is Abaka, uh, FEV. You know, their rotations are, are, are super tight. And we've seen differences as far as their uh, starting lineup of late. RHJ drew the start last time with the Ananobi. Do you think that stays going forward, or is that just a one-game thing? Do you care? Um, I think overall for OG and Anobi, I don't really mind too much whether he's on the bench or not. Uh, it's more interesting for RHJ if he's in the starting lineup again because um, we've seen him, you know, see like 15 to 18 minutes when he's come off the bench. But um, so I, I believe it was 27 minutes last game. So obviously interesting there if he's in the lineup again, the starting lineup. Um, but other than that, I don't think it changes too much. I think Anobi will always be a part of this rotation uh, pretty significantly. So, I guess just keep in mind if uh, RHJ is in the lineup, he's definitely going to be more involved in that rotation. So, uh, but yeah, you mentioned it. Van Vliet, Lowry, and Ibaka are guys that are just going to continue to play a ton of minutes. So they're all going to, you know, have 35, or uh, not Ibaka, but, you know, Van Vliet and Lowry be projected for 35 plus minutes. I, I have uh, Ibaka for 32 right now. So a lot of these guys are just going to play strong minutes. It's not a great matchup by any means. Should be a pretty slow paced game, but we're getting guys here that are going to just play a ton of minutes like this. Uh, definitely interesting. My number one here would be Ibaka. I think the pricing is just more appealing. Um, I don't really, I don't really love Lowry too much, just because of the other options at point guard on the slate. So I, I just find myself either going down or going up, and just he just kind of gets lost in the shelf for me. Could mean that he's going to be a good GPP play, but I think there's going to be some other guys at low ownership that I like at a similar price tag. So no Lowry for me today. Um, it's kind of same similar thing for Van Vliet. I just the game is. Just, I just don't think this is going to be a very good one for uh, for DFS purposes. I do think you could play Ibaka, and you could probably play RHJ if you wanted to, if he's starting in the starting lineup. But um, other than that, I just don't love a whole lot from this game outside of Jimmy Butler on the other side. He's pretty much the only guy in the Heat that I have any interest in. Yeah, Lowry gets squeezed because well, Luca. Luca's a point guard on Vandal, yeah. depending on what you're playing. Obviously, uh, Napier, yeah. if he's in play, certainly is going to be interesting. I like Fox. We'll talk about Fox in enough 
uh, Sacramento playing on later in the slate. I don't mind the Dragon. Uh, he's 5K on Fando. I think he's got a pretty good price there. It's kind of tricky predicting the minutes between Dragic and Nunn. Uh, Hero's kind of been in the, the odd man out of late as well, too. Olenek is basically out of the rotation at this point as far as Miami. You mentioned Butler. Butler, uh, he's a free agent as far as his shoe deal. If that's you want yeah. to play that. I, don't, I saw apparently he had a Nike shoe deal. He no longer does. But, um, yeah, talking about Jimmy because, you know, again, he should play 35-ish minutes or so. Uh, great floor, great ceiling if you get him on the right night. Obviously, the matchup here against Toronto, not ideal. But it's still, like, you know, he can triumph over it. Tell me why Butler is your favorite player on Miami. Uh, I just think the price is somewhat that you can you can find him at very low ownership. And, uh, you know, it is a tough matchup, but, you know, he's averaging 1.25 uh, fantasy point per minute so far this year, 1.21 over the past month. So really, really strong usage, 26.1. Yeah, I mean, he's not going to be a guy who's going to see a 30% usage. He's never been that guy. And uh, with, with, on a team with, you know, other options, he just won't see that. But he's been really productive. He can get done in other ways. I think he's going to be really low owned. Um, I haven't really checked the the ownership on him yet. Let me check that real quick. Twenty five percent. It's actually higher than I expected. So, if he's going to be at twenty five percent, I don't really love that. I thought he'd be a lot lower, but um, I still do think he is a pretty strong option. Pops as a uh, per a good per uh, per dollar guy uh, for me today. Not one of the top plays in the slate by any means, and kind I kind of lose some interest considering that he's if that twenty five percent ownership doesn't really uh move at all coming up to lock, but um. I think overall he's a pretty solid play. I feel like we haven't liked a lot just yet, have we? Have we liked much? Um, no, not really. Outside of the <laughs> uh, the, De- the Denver uh, Indiana game, that's some good low owned kind of uh, mid tier options. Not a whole lot to love so far. I think the uh, the juiciness comes in the later games. Yeah, uh, we shall see soon enough. Uh, by the way, there's a line uh, allegedly, according to the Twitter machine. Uh, this is a, a minus seven ten, minus seven twenty that I take shots at Mangone. So we got to take some. We want to take some shots at Mangone. Feel free, have at it. That's all you. I don't, <laughs> dude. I'm not taking any shots. Him and going after what he did and went and found my homecoming freshman year high school pictures. I'm, I'm keeping my hands clean. He is an internet sleuth. You don't want to. You don't want to turn. You don't want him turning on you. Basically, I'll take. Yep, exactly. I'll take shots at man going. Kyle's got better hair. How about that? There you go. Yeah. Oh, I don't know if that's a shot or not, but sure. Uh, <laughs> uh, anything else in this game? It's worth talking about. You basically said Butler's the thing, the main guy in Miami. Um, you could play Bam in tournaments for sure, but nothing about him pops. And I think Dragic is okay. But again, nothing it really says you have to play anything. We shall move on to another game, at least in my estimation, that's not particularly thrilling from a DFS perspective. Utah and Chicago, 209. That is a low floor uh, as far as the total in that game. Utah on the road is a four-point favorite. Uh, Utah is a good defensive team. Chicago is a good defensive team. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I'm not enthused about this game. Sell me on something. Um. <laughs> you don't have to. You could pass. Yeah, I, I guess I'd I'd pass. I think the only I know I do find myself um playing one of Bogdanovich or Ingles here and there. They're just guys that are gonna play thirty five minutes. Um the matchup isn't, you know, anything spectacular. Chicago's actually a sneaky uh good defensive team, but twenty fourth uh ranked matchup against shooting wings according to Roto Grinders DVA tool. So okay matchup in in terms of that. But um, yeah, their their minutes are just so safe, and their production has been pretty solid. I prefer Bogdanovich over Ingles, even though Ingles has been better uh, of late. But um, yeah, that's pretty much it in this game. I think that's just a solid uh, kind of place to save money, especially because Bogdanovich's prices just keep continue to fall. So um, that's pretty much it for me, though. How do you think Clarkson's affected their rotation? Um, I don't. 
he hasn't affected Ingles or Bogdanovich very much. Um, he hasn't really been playing a ton of minutes. I think the the main impact has been on a guy like Royce O'Neal. He, we've seen him. He was a guy that was playing 35, 36 minutes, and now he's, you know, around 30. And then, you know, Moutier is, tends to lose some of those uh, backup point guard minutes and whatnot. But, you know, I, I think he's just stepping into like a kind of a secondary scorer role and not really taking too much away from, from other, some of these other guys. It does take some of these ceiling minutes off of guys like Ingles, Bogdanovich, and, and even Mitchell. You know, we're probably not going to see him go out and play 40 minutes very often because they have him now. But, um, yeah, Clarkson just hasn't really done much for me like to change anything. Like you said, Chicago, sneaky good defensive team. We're seeing right here uh, they're eighth when it comes to defensive efficiency. Their one vulnerability is rebounding. They're not a good rebounding team collectively, so maybe go bear. Uh, I'm looking for a way to get away from Drummond. I know that's your boy, and we'll talk about him soon enough. At least, you know, you're from Detroit, so you got to sort of represent Drummond. I'm curious your take is as far as him tonight. And I know he's grabbing some ownership because there's going to be no Blake. And, you know, in theory, he can play 38, 39, 40 minutes if that game stays tight. Now that's a big if. We'll talk about that soon enough. But uh, I think there's some interesting pivots away from Drummond. And maybe maybe Gobert's one of them. Uh, we talked about uh, Jokic as well. I think it could be in play. Uh, the Bulls, you talk about, the, you know, they're always joking, uh, you know, jerking us around as well as far as their who's in and who's out. What happened was uh, with Hamlin, is that the guy's name, uh, the coach, who he got fined or he got yelled at or a slap on the wrist basically because he was me- – he basically conceded that he was messing around with the injury report or I guess he forgot to put somebody on there or whatever. And now his, his way to get back is he just makes everybody probable. So that's helpful. Yeah, see, at least that's funny. Like the Minnesota <laughs> one, they, I feel like the Minnesota one, they're just giving us headaches. But like the Chicago one, at least we know the deal. Like we know what's going on. Boylan funny. is his name, right? That's his name. Yeah, Jim Boylan. Boylan? Yeah, Jim Boylan, yep. Sure. Uh, he's a he's in the pop bitch coaching tree, so maybe like that's their similar uh, uh, comedic oh, yeah. sense, I suppose. Uh, the Bulls are playing. It didn't sound like you're terribly enthused by any of the Bulls. Do you want to? Who's your favorite Bull? Or is that like a trick question? I think I think that's more of a trick question. Uh, if I if you made me pick one, I'd just kind of go. I guess Chris Dunn. He's just a guy who you know. I just but then again, I can't really play him on Fanduel because he's a point guard, and the point guard options are pretty strong in my opinion. Uh, and he kind of just falls into a spot where. He's just not as strong as those guys. So, um, yeah, that's – I'm just going to say pass, none. Do we talk about Golden State Minnesota now? I guess we do, or should we skip it and come back to it? What do you think? Uh, yeah, we should probably – I don't know. It's up to you. You're the host, man. You make the call. I'll just roll with the punches. I don't think we're going to get uh, the information in the next half hour anyway. Maybe we do and maybe we don't. But, I mean, you're the one yeah. that's going to give the analysis of, well, if this and if that and if this and if that and if. So it's going to be a fun conversation for sure. Golden State's playing Minnesota, 213 and a half is the total. Minnesota is a two or three point favorite, depending on. Uh, we know that the Golden State side, at least, is much more clear. Russell's out, WCS is out, Looney is out. As far as Minnesota, we have a bunch of questionables. Wiggins questionable again. Vonley's questionable. Teague is doubtful. Cat is questionable. And Graham is questionable. And Minnesota, they do have a lot of bodies. So, like, this rotation could go astray. Or we can see Culver playing 35 and Napier playing a bunch of minutes and Covington playing a bunch of minutes. We saw Dang, uh, he got in foul trouble last night, but in theory he can play 30 minutes or so. Have you watched this? Uh, have you been watching any Timberwolves basketball in the last couple of days? Because it's uh, – I mean, <laughs> go ahead. I just, I just saw Culver dunk on Robin Lopez and then almost get beaten <laughs> to an alley. So, yeah. Robin it. Lopez was not pleased. Yeah. <laughs> that was like such an awkward like, ch- like jog down the court. I was like, is he going to do something? Is he not? And then they started chirping. And I was like, all right, are they going to fight? And then I don't know. Well, Culver flexed on him. And then he said like, he's like, yeah, that I can't remember what the quotes, but it was pretty clear. You could see what he said. And he's like, like, that's me. or That's who I am or something like that. Basically just talked a little smack. And Lopez was like, what? what, what are you saying to me? Who are you? 
So uh, I love Robin Lopez. Like, who are you to somebody? Which is great. Uh, and he's supposed to be like a really chill guy. Like, he's big in like comic books. He's like him and his brother are like are big pop comic nerds. Whatever. That doesn't matter in DFS. Who cares about these factoids? Uh, fun fact, maybe debatable. I suppose. Uh, as far as the Minnesota side, well, I mean, are we? What are our assumptions? If we're making assumptions, if you're making lineups at seven o'clock on FanDuel and you got the lock in and we know nothing, is there anything you're assuming? Are you building lineups of like, well, what if this guy, this guy, and this guy don't play, and then I'll build this lineup under that assumption? Or how do you handle it? Yeah, I think I'm doing that. The, the second option where I'm kind of, um, you know, having one one set of builds with, uh, you know, these guys in, and then one without with them out. But you know, it can get so confusing too because you could see one of them sit, and one of them play. So, um, yeah, I think it is tough because I really. We, I think we talked about this on Monday. We, we, you asked me to make a guess, and I just had no idea what to even lean. I guess at this point I would lean Towns would sit, but Wiggins, it's just an illness, right? Or am I missing something? That's my understanding. Yeah, it's supposedly just an illness. I mean, and he's been out for several games. And who knows what kind of illness he has? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I guess he's still questionable. But, I, yeah, I think the assumption is, if you're asking me, Wiggins is probably more likely to play than Cat. Yeah, so I, I guess I would agree with you there. Um, but – I mean, it's been like a week, right? So, like, how sick is he? So, I don't know. Does yeah, he need fluids? Is it like, is it, is, yeah, who knows? He maybe lost like six or seven pounds. He's got like a flu or something like that. I don't know. I wish yeah. we had more so, information on it. So, it is tough. Hopefully, we have the uh, the news before lock. I, I don't think we'll have it during the show. I think you're right. Um, if we get lucky about it, then we can come back to it. But as of now, I'm going to assume that Towns is out. And if that's the case, uh, Jang's interesting. Um, I guess if, if Wiggins plays and Towns sits, the bumps are kind of hard to determine. I guess I would obviously you give the bump to Jang because he's going to get the minutes. I assume Covington would be able to pick up a few extra minutes here and there. And, uh, you know, he's been playing pretty well over the past few days as well. But if Wiggins sits, I think the main bump goes to Napier and Culver for me. Yeah. They, that's, I think those are the obvious ones. They'd be really good value plays, um, especially if, if Wiggins does sit. I think if Wiggins it plays, you might be able to play Culver if um, a guy like Travion Graham remains out. I don't know if you have any news on him. I believe he was still questionable. He's right? questionable. It's an illness as well with them too. So yeah. maybe he's just so going he, around that locker room. I don't know. Yeah. So if he sits, that's like, I mean, we've seen him play 30 to 35 minutes in game. So um, Culver and even Napier, Napier should still play some, some backup point guard or he may be in the starter point guard and him and Wiggins, I guess would be staggered. So I think you could still play Napier if Wiggins plays. Um, now, obviously he was not as good of a play because it's usage and, and production going around, especially if Towns plays too. But um, I guess so. If Wiggins plays and Towns is out, Jang, I think Culver's still okay if Graham is out because that's you know a good amount of minutes that he could soak up into. Same thing with Napier. Um, and then if they're both out, Jang, Culver, Napier are all amazing plays along with Covington. So, I if, for me personally on Fanduel, I'm gonna play these guys because a lot of them I think you can get away with if uh, if Wiggins does play and Cat does sit. So I think you could still get away with playing Culver. You could still get away with playing Napier as long as, I mean, you, you're probably a little bit shakier if Graham plays too, but um, if Graham sits and Wiggins is in, I think you could still get away with those guys. And, I, you know, I think the ownership will be down on them due to, uh, you know, us not having any idea what's going on. Yeah. So the tricky part with Napier is like you used to be able to get away with playing him and like either of those guys play, he's going to play like 15 or 20 minutes or something like that. And you could still be okay because he's the floor, but the price is adjusted to his new situation where, you kind of need Napier to play 27, 28, 30 minutes or something like that. And he certainly can play more than that if everybody else you know, falls in place as well. Uh, Vonley, if he goes, I think that it's a, it's a hit to dang to some degree. Of course, if Cat plays, you 
rule both those guys out, but we don't know any of this. It's just a bunch of if yeah. then. It's a it's a lot of fun. It's going to be a great time figuring that out. How about the Golden State side? I mean, I'm sure people are going to be game stacking this to some degree, and of course to a less degree if we don't really know. There's some guesswork, and if you're playing on late swap sites, you know people act accordingly. Then, uh, Golden State, who's jumping out for you again? A reminder: WCS, Looney, Russell, all out. Is it still Marquise Chris season? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think you definitely go back to Chris, especially on, on FanDuel. I think the price is just way too cheap, and 23% ownership on Chris is just, I think, a little too low. I mean, obviously, he's a, a sketchy player in DFS, but with all these guys out, the minutes feel a little bit more secure, and a guy like Eric Pascal is not really getting a whole lot of minutes. I know he's coming back from injury, saw 18 minutes last game, so I think the only way you really see Chris not run out there for you know, 28, 29 minutes is if they play you know Eric Pascal a little more, so... Or handsy. Um, he can get handsy. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, obviously foul trouble is always an issue with him. But, um, yeah, so I think uh, definitely go back to Chris. Kai Bowman's back, right? Yes. Okay, so that takes some interest away from Burks. I liked him a little bit, um, but I just am not really too sure about his his minutes at the one. You know, with Bowman out, uh, he was getting some minutes at, at the point guard spot with, with D'Lo out. So, um, but I don't think that's going to be the, the case too much. Now, so um, not a lot of interest in Burke. So for me, on the Golden State side, Chris is number one, uh, Draymond's number two, and I still think you can play Damian Lee even at a six K price tag on FanDuel. Um, kind of similar to the New Year's Eve game where I think he was six point one or six K on FanDuel. And, he crushed. Yeah, he played nearly forty minutes. He's just going to play a ton of minutes, especially with D'Lo out. He might lose a few with Bowman back, but um, I mean he's still going to play a ton of minutes. I, I think we have him projected for thirty five minutes right now. I have him similarly. I have him at 36. So, yeah, Damian Lee, I think, is a very strong play. So that'd be my top three from the Golden State side. I can still. I think you can still play Robinson. I think you can still play Burks as well, too. They're both going to get over 30 minutes, presumably, if this game stays tight. Yeah. Um, and I think on Fandle, they're, they're actually better plays, aren't they? Isn't Robinson like four and change over there? I feel like he is. No? Is he not someone yeah. that you're considering? Uh, yeah, Glenn Robinson. You said Glenn Robinson, right? Yeah. Yeah, four I seven. think uh, – yeah, yeah. I, I like him a little bit. I just um, prefer some other options at small forward. And, you know, the, his, his price is up a little bit, but I do think you could definitely go back to him. Um, obviously, he's a Michigan guy, so got to have some love. And low ownership is obviously nice um, going against Minnesota. I just think, you know, I'm probably going to have two guys from the Golden State Warriors in my lineup. And if I'm playing three, it's going to turn into a full-on game stack. Yeah. So um, I don't know if I love that too much, especially with the uncertainty around Minnesota. But, um, yeah, so I, I would probably rank him fourth. So uh, it would be Chris, Green, Lee, and then GR3 for me. I think I planted that idea in your head, and that's my bad. But Robinson apparently went to – he was a he's a Boilermaker, went to Purdue. That was my bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. his dad, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yep. Well, I think he's – yeah, I think he's – well, I'm sorry. Yeah, never mind. I'm confusing now. I thought you were talking about his dad for a second. Oh, jeez. <laughs> uh, so the conversation as far as Chris on the Fandle, because there's a lot of power forwards that are fairly cheap and – We'll talk about Wood soon enough. He's a little bit cheaper than Marquise Chris. Yeah. And I think Bielitz is a really strong price over there, too. Uh, I like him a good bit. We already talked about Covington. You only roster two of these guys, no more, no less. Uh, we saw Cleaver get a bunch of run last time out. I assume he's going to fall behind those dudes, but I think he's in play, too. Uh, you have a suppressed price for, for Jared Allen. And you have uh, you have some money. And you have, you know, Kawhi. Well, I don't know if you necessarily need Kawhi, but I think Kawhi is kind of interesting uh, in the build tonight. We talked about love, too. Power forward. Feels like is it the best position of Vandal today? Maybe maybe power forward and point guard. Those like pretty strong yeah, I, positions. Yeah, I think it'd be either power forward or point guard. Uh, power forward has a lot of really good value. You're right. Um, yeah, you kind of mentioned a lot of those names, and then 
like even guys like Sabonis and Kawhi, and then there's another guy uh, in Rashawn Holmes who I like. I know you like Bielitsa. I think he's a strong play too. I think Rashawn Holmes is a pretty strong play. So yeah, a lot of good options that you mentioned, and then as well as like guys like Holmes and and Kawhi and Sabonis. So yeah, a lot of good value, and then a lot of good mid tier to top end options as well. I like the Kings a good bit. I'm not really sure which King I like, but I'm definitely going to – the plan is to have at least one King on every single lineup tonight, maybe two. We'll see uh, how that works as far as our yeah, like go. Uh, anything else that's worth talking about as far as this game, uh, or shall we move on? Uh, nope, not unless we get any more news. So. <laughs> or any news. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's probably not coming. I assume it's not coming. Brooklyn and Dallas, 222 is the total. Dallas is an eight-point favorite. Uh, Luka Doncic. You kick uh, Porzingis off the court. The dude has absolutely absurd rates. Uh, I wrote this up in the expert survey. Did I happen to have it in front of me? I feel like I should. I'm scrolling. I'm trying to buy some time. I'm scrolling. I'm just saying words at this point. Um, yeah, so he's averaging the season 1.64, 1.73 fantasy points per minute with a, just short of a 37% usage, 36.9% usage on the season. Now you boot Porzingis off the court at 1.94 fantasy points per minute, 2.05 DK fantasy points per minute, a usage of 40.2%, 259 minute sample size. Of course, THJ is not there either. Um, he played 40 minutes in his last game. This is an island game too. Uh, I'm not saying he's going to play 40, but like 40 times two is 80, right? Um, <laughs> not, that doesn't necessarily work that way. You know, they do play the games out. But the, the point is, Luka Doncic is really, really, really hard to fade tonight. You're you're more the tournament guy. So how are you handling? Are you taking a stand, saying lock button? You can have a you know ride the fence, a little bit of both, kind of like a, the, the ownership of the field. What are we doing with Luka? Yeah, I think you play Luka, and then you get because there's so many good value options that you can get contrarian there. Um, like we'll talk about it. Kleba or Kleber Kleba, I think is how you pronounce it. I think he'll be actually contrarian compared to a guy like Chris and to uh, mm-hmm. compared to other guys in, in that price range at power forward. So uh, we have him at nine percent on Fanduel right now. So I think you can go out of your way to be contrarian with your value, which is obviously a little bit risky because you know for the most part chalk in, in NBA usually means these guys are pretty good plays. But there's just a lot of really good value plays. So I don't think you need to fade a guy like Luca here who is in a great matchup. Uh, everything's pretty much in his favor. The rates look great with uh, with these guys off the floor. So I think Lucas is in a smash spot. Uh, and then on Fanduel, the price just isn't anything to where you're like, man, am I really going to be? You know, is it going to be hard for him to hit six x? Like six x is like a median projection for him nearly. So um, <laughs> yeah, I think Lucas is a great play, and it it is really hard to fade him. Anytime there's a guy that's going to be like eighty percent owned, I think you can make the case for it, especially when they are. Um, not not a value guy. I think anytime there's a guy who is you know 11k like he nearly is today, this is 80. percent You can always make a case for it. It's just all about the pivots. So um, on this slate, you mentioned it. You know, right when we walked into the show, like he's like 11 or 12 points more projected higher than these other guys. So it's not really close. Like he's clear cut the top play. And you know, the only way a fade really works here is if you kind of get lucky. I would assume. So, because there's not really a whole lot of variance in basketball, as we all know. So, I, I'm preferring to pivot at the value plays and even in the mid tier range and play Luca. But if anyone wants to fade him, good luck. And also, I don't really blame you because I wouldn't be surprised to see him. You know, if you're playing smaller contests where, you know, maybe 150, 200 people, he could be 80%, 90% known. So, um, I, I can't really blame anybody for doing that. I do think that is a, a, a ideal. Again, a long-term, a smart idea for uh, GPPs, but I just think he's too strong of a play tonight. Yeah, long-term, it's a good idea. But like you said, tonight, the matchups, everything just sort of lines up and just the slate sort of lines up and it makes a ton of sense. 
And like I pulled up the lineup HQ and kind of you're talking about if you if you rank the guys like point per dollar. And when you rank the guys point per dollar, almost always, inevitably, it's going to be guys that are three, four, five, six K. And it's not going to be guys that are nine, 10, 11 K because the higher you up, the higher you go up, obviously the harder it is that, you know, to pay off that, you know, salary and, you know, raw points matter at some point. Point I'm making is I I rank the guys points per dollar on FanDuel points per dollar. And you get Marquise Chris, you get, you know, get Wood, Lou Williams, he's too cheap. The elites that we talked about. And then Luka Doncic at at 10.8 K is like the eighth guy, best point per dollar play. I mean, yep. yeah. How do you not play him? Uh, but it's also like a three v three, right? So when you're not playing Luca, it, it changes the rest of your lineup. It's a domino effect. So maybe the other pieces just sort of come through for you, and then like you can survive if Luca puts up like fifty eight. That's great. You're you're thrilled if that's all he puts up, and you don't play Luca. Uh, yep. Talk to me about the rest of the pieces on Dallas. You mentioned uh, who did you mention in passing uh, Cleaver, and then on DK, he is cheap enough where people are going to chase. I think to some degree, Brunson now. Brunson on the season is averaging, what, 0. 0.9, 0. 0.93, 0. 0.98 fantasy points per minute. But uh, I was just kind of messing around with court IQ. And if you kick off THJ and you put him on the court with Luca, and Luca's going to play 40 minutes, he'll play most of his minutes a song alongside Luca. They're not nearly as good. Not surprising. Uh, so is Brunson feels like an interesting fade on DK where he's three and change, and I think he's going to be somewhat popular. Uh, like he might just put up a 17, which is okay, but you can yeah. absolutely survive that in the fade. How are you handling him and the rest of the Mavs? Yeah, so I would actually prefer him third in terms of these guards, these secondary guards. So number one for me would be Dalen Wright. Number two is Seth Curry. And then number three is Brunson. I think a guy like Curry gets an interesting bump here with Hardaway off because, you know, he's never really a guy that's going to be playing the point guard anyway. So we saw Brunson and even Dalen Wright get pretty solid bumps when Luka was out because, you know, they were getting point guard minutes. But now with uh, Hardaway out, Seth Curry is going to be a guy who's going to slide in on the wing. And that makes a whole lot of sense here. Even though he is point guard eligible, on Fanduel, he gets a lot of his minutes on the wing, and he's going to get even more on the wing with uh, Luca healthy. So, Seth Curry, I think, is a really interesting value option. I know the RG projections don't love it, but um, I do think uh, he is a pretty solid value option. Obviously, a really good matchup here, three point eight K on Fanduel, so near min price. I think Seth Curry is pretty interesting. Uh, Dalen Wright is somewhat interesting as well. I, I'm I'm right there with you. I don't really think I'm going to be playing any of Jalen Brunson. Like, I'd rather just play Seth Curry for you know four hundred dollars cheaper, or you know even other point guards. Uh, on FanDuel at that position. So, yeah, for me, no Brunson. But, um, yeah, I think Seth Curry is a pretty interesting value option. If I do Brunson, I'm doing it begrudgingly. Just know I'm not happy about yeah. it. If you see him in my lineup, I'm very upset about it. But, like, yeah, I, you know, yeah, go ahead. I will say when he does get the minutes, he is pretty he is pretty solid. You know, 0.93 uh, fantasy point per minute so far this season. And obviously those numbers probably look a little bit better with, with uh, Hardaway Jr. and Porzingis out. But, uh, with Luca being on the floor, I just don't see you know him getting a significant uptick. While I see Curry and Eve Dale and Wright getting a significant uptick in minutes, so I prefer those guys over Brunson. Yeah, I ran a court IQ right before the show, and I meant to kind of show it, but I, I closed that out accidentally. But just know, and uh, your assumption is correct. He's not nearly as good when he's playing yeah. alongside Luca, which of course makes a ton of sense. Uh, the Brooklyn side, uh, we got uh, anything jumping out for you? You have Allen and Fanduel, who's priced down. I'll give you that. Uh, Dinwiddie's been great. He keeps smashing. He's been one of the most consistent players in all of basketball. Levert's coming back soon. Not really sure when Kyrie's coming back. Levert might be back next game. They keep updating him, and, like, he's very, very close. Um, I guess you can run – if you're playing Luka, you can run it back with Dinwiddie, but he's priced where he should be, but he keeps paying it off. And Allen's an interesting guy on FanDuel. You catch him on the right night. Of course, you have the double revenge game, a double narrative game, uh, John Ray Jordan with revenge, and I believe he's from Dallas too. So how about that? Um, 
you know, that's the, you know, those guys obviously are negatively correlated, Allen and, and, and Jordan. It's sort of yeah. hard to figure out where those 48 minutes are going to be dispersed from a night, uh, night in, night out basis. Temple's questionable for what it's worth. I don't know if it's worth a lot. Do we care if Temple's questionable? How does that change uh, things, if at all? I, I'm sure it would get some minutes to guys like Karuks or Theo Pinson, but other than that, or maybe the, the Wow Cabaret or whatever. TLC, yeah. 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 So I'm sure those guys would pick up some minutes, but I mean, Temple has been playing, uh, you know, a lot of minutes here and there, but. Um, I don't really love it. So I don't think it'll change too much for me, but I really like Spencer Dinwiddie today. We talked about how strong the point guard position is and it's really strong, you know, up top and even in the value range, but Spencer Dinwiddie is going to be in the middle. And I think our, our ownership projections have him for what? 9%. Yeah. 9% right now. So it is a pretty strong matchup here. Um, I think it's a, you know, a game where we could see, you know, a significant amount of points, but I, I wouldn't be surprised to see this game be, you know, one of the top two or three higher scoring, highest scoring games on the slate, if not the number one. So I think it's really interesting. Then what you mentioned it, he's just been continuing to pay off that price tag and that 9% ownership. Uh, I think it's really interesting that, you know, I'm not surprised to see him go up and put up 55 to 60 fantasy points here. So I like him a lot. 11% on DK for what it's worth as well. Uh, anything else this game before we move on? Uh, no, I th- you mentioned it, but I'll just touch on it a little more. Jared Allen is uh, an amazing play, especially on Fanduel. You mentioned his price is down. There's a lot of really good uh, plays on Fanduel at Power Forward. So if you don't want to go there with a guy who probably won't play 30 minutes very often, but um, you know he's a guy that just crushes when he's on the floor. So I don't blame you if you don't like it there. But the ownership should be down. So we have him at 10% right now on Fanduel. So I think Jared Allen's a really strong play as well. We kind of ran through it because I'm sure Alphonse are spitting out Chris and Wood. So. Uh, yeah, yep. you can only you can only play two of those power forwards. And, and Allen, the price uh, is down because he hasn't been in great form. At any given night, even on 27, 28 minutes, especially FanDuel Yahoo scoring, where they get three points to those stocks, he can get six or seven, uh, and all of a sudden you're on your way. Um, all right, let's move on to another game that's just sort of blah. Uh, OKC, San Antonio, 217.5 is the total. OKC is a two-point dog here. Um, they're playing basketball in San Antonio tonight. <laughs> You could play Paul, I guess. You could play SGA, I suppose. Murray, maybe. I, I got nothing in this game, man. It's happening. I don't think I'm playing yeah. anybody. I got I got one guy that I like a lot, and it's hard because he's another point guard, but DeJounte Murray. Uh, I think he's pretty interesting. Going to be a guy who, what would you say, probably, if you had to guess, 5% or less, I would say. That seems like a reasonable uh, number, yeah, especially on Vandal, like even lower there because of the, the, the zone positional flexibility. Yeah, so it is tough, you know, because there's so many good point guards, but I think he is a pretty strong player. We've seen the minutes, you know, be 26, 27 minutes consistently, and that's, you know, know, after you you see it a couple times, you're hesitant with him because we've seen him play, you know, nine minutes or 12 minutes in games before. So, but 27, 27, 26, 28 over the last four. So the minutes have been there for him. That's interesting. Matchup isn't anything amazing, but um, I do think he is a pretty strong player. He's a good permanent guy, 1.17 over the course of the year. So, um, he's a guy that I think is interesting in tournaments. Put up the ownership on DK. This game specifically, the highest owned player as of right now on DK is Gallinari at 10%. Then the very sexy Trey Lyles at 9%, just because he's crazy, crazy cheap. Uh, DeJounte Murray at 8%. And, you know, as far as figuring out rotation, San Antonio is one of the trickiest, right, day in and day out. I don't like the sort of dispersed minutes there because there's just so many options, so many bodies to pick from. And, I guess Lyles can be okay, but who wants to play Trey Lyles? Uh, Murray's at 8% for what it's worth. LMA at 4% and uh, 
Jeez, all uh, DeRozan's one percent. SGA is one percent. Insane, but like it makes sense. Huh? Yeah, just there's a lot of really strong plays. So I mean, like if you want to play these guys in tournaments, so you can even play Chris Paul too. I prefer Murray in this game, and I've already mentioned I think like seven point guards that I really like. So I, I probably won't add Paul to that list, but you could play him too. Like it's a really good matchup for these Thunder guys. I know the game probably won't be a super high scoring game, but you know matchup wise it's it's an okay matchup for these ones so um i don't love it anything else other than murray in this game but you can even play guys like paul or sga so uh yeah i'm, I'm right there with you not a lot of teams playing in a back-to-back or even the front end tonight for what it's worth and the only team on the front end is miami the only team on the back end is minnesota thanks minnesota just to make it even more uh good that's and i guess that's part of the reason why they're not really reporting stuff but they don't report stuff anyway so i'm not really looking to give them any excuses uh, Memphis, Sacramento, 225 and a half is a total. Sacramento is a four-point favorite. Sacramento is one of the highest team totals on the board. Uh, if you look at their season average and what they're projected for to score tonight around 115 points, I believe it's a nine-point boost, a nine-point upgrade because Sacramento plays at, if not the slowest pace in basketball, like the second or third. I'm not sure if they picked it up since Fox has come in, but collectively in the season, they're bottom three. They might be at the still men or the worst. Uh, Memphis, of course, is a poor defensive team, and they play fast. So it's an ideal matchup. That's part of the reason why I like Sacramento. Of course, Bagley being out uh, tightens up those rotations to some degree. First, let's talk about the Memphis side, I suppose, uh, which I think is at least uh, a lot less sexy. Uh, of course, a big dip as far as the as far as pace going up against Sacramento. I guess if you want to run it back on the sac, you know, I like the Sacramento side much more. I kind of went on that a couple times. Uh, do you have any favorite pieces for the Grizz? Uh, I guess the, the number one for me would be Jaron Jackson. Uh, I'm kind of right there with you. Don't necessarily love it, but it's going to be probably a guy that's under 3% owned. So somewhat interesting. Um, Morant's price is down. So if you want to play him, you can, but I would prefer Darren Fox in the same game. I would still prefer DeJounte Murray over him. So uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think there are a handful of guys that are pretty interesting on the Sacramento side. So it makes sense to, you know, have some interest in these Memphis guys as well. But for me, it's just mainly Jaron Jackson. All right. Who's your favorite King? Um, Darren Fox for me. It's tough because I, I do agree with you. I like Bielitsa and I really like Rashawn Holmes. I think Rashawn Holmes will be super contrarian and mm-hmm. has a ton of upside. But um, I think Darren Fox is number one for me. And that's the only real issue with Fox is that he's a point guard. So <laughs> many, so many good point guards on the slate and so many good power forwards too. So uh, deciding between these guys are hard because they're all in like the ideal, like, you know, not, I guess, non ideal positions because there's so many good ones. But um, I guess number one would be Fox. Number two would be Holmes. And number three would be Bielitsa. But I know you like Bielitsa a lot. I saw your uh, expert survey write-up. So I know you like this team. So I'll let you have the floor on him. Yeah. I mean, just for multiple reasons, I, I think he's priced down. Of course, Bagley being out solidifies his minutes to some degree. Uh, I think Holmes is a really, really interesting tournament play. And I think part of what I said in the, in the, uh, the write-up, I was talking about playing the ownership game. And uh, you have Fandle up in front of you. I have DK up in front of me. And there's a drastic difference, you know, as far as the Sacramento side. We're seeing 20% for Fox, but Elite's at 21%. Buddy Heald is 18%. Uh, Barnes, who's not very sexy, at 6%. Rashawn Holmes is projected right now uh, at 3% on DK. Yeah. And I bet you he's really low on Fandle, too, because we keep talking about, again, understanding yep. lineup construction, all the power forwards that are well-positioned on Fandle. You can only roster two. He's probably, what, I'm going to guess 6%, 5% over there? Yep, 6 You nailed it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and he's well. We, we talk about most improved player. Shouldn't he be in the in that conversation at least in the conversation on the family feud board? Maybe. Yeah, he de- he definitely could. He's been been really good this year, and 
he's just he's another double double machine here, and it's obviously a really good matchup. Um, I think real quick, I, I guess Buddy Heald would be an easy fade for me. Um, I, I get it; he has upside in, in a game where there could be some scoring for this team, and even in this game. But I just I don't see myself going there because he's just so dependent on scoring. The price is definitely appealing. A guy like Buddy Heald, who we've seen you know score forty real life points, thirty real life points. Um, We've seen him do that before, but I'm just not going to play Buddy Heels. So it's Fox, Holmes, and Bielitsa for me on, on the Kings side. Yeah, I, I gave a gander, at least a gander to Giles, just because he's probably going to play about 15 yeah. minutes or so or something yeah. like that, and he's really, really cheap on DK. I don't think it's necessary. And if this game blows out, maybe. You know, Giles is a guy they're not married to. They basically they right. didn't extend them, so they're essentially saying, you're not going to play with, with us next year. So uh, I don't think they feel obligated in any way to give him any run. Uh, Bogdanovich is kind of on the outside looking in for me as well too. I like his talent, but I'm not really certain if he's like healthy. Not that I've, uh, I'm not privy to the medical, medic, you know, the medical stuff, but he just doesn't. He doesn't look like the same guy he looked like a month ago. I feel like there's something going on there. But uh, yeah, yeah Bielitsa and Fox, and then Holmes and tournaments. But like, uh, really, really strong plays for me as far as the Sacramento side. If you guys are watching us on YouTube, feel free to like and subscribe over there. If there's any questions you guys have asked throughout, I'm sure Devin pulled them. If not. Uh, ask them now. We'll do our best to knock out as many as possible before we step aside and get out of here. There is the hammer that is Detroit and the Clippers. 225 is the total. The Clippers are favored by, let's see, 13 points against the Pistons. We don't know the deal with the Pistons. This is a later game. We're assuming Griffin's going to be out. We know Marquis Morris is out. And Bruce Brown kind of came out of nowhere. It was questionable today. Uh, and he's one of those guys that like is popping in Vandal Optimal. So I don't know what you do with that. <laughs> well, let's start right there as far as Detroit and Brown. Yeah, so so this game was somewhat interesting earlier. Like I was looking at it last night. I'm like, oh, this game could be so is one that could possibly go under the radar because I assume the Golden State Minnesota game would be popular, the Brooklyn Dallas game would be popular, and the Memphis Sacramento game would be popular. But these guys got some ownership. So um I guess for Drummond, we talked about some other centers. I do think he has a really strong play, but to fade him, I don't think um it would be anything out of the, you know. It'll be anything crazy. I do think it is a pretty solid matchup. We'll see a guy like Harold for the most part, and mm-hmm. he's got you know a pretty solid size advantage on him. So Drummond would be the number one play for, for me in this game. But um, I think Christian Wood's strong too. But I'm looking at it now. Paul George, 50% projected ownership. Kawhi Leonard, 35% on FanDuel. I, I get it to Paul George because that price, 8K, is just, I think, way too cheap. But when you get a guy like Lou Williams, who's going to be five, two at shooting guard on Fando, I think he's a much better play. He's got some ownership too, but only 28%. So 28 compared to 50. So he'd probably be my number one clipper of the day. Uh, I do think Paul George is still a strong play, but, um, but fading him at 50%, I don't think is anything crazy. It's not like an, an amazing matchup here. They got some good defenders on the Detroit side, even with some of these guys out. Um, but yeah, you mentioned Bruce Brown. Is that what you're talking about? Right. Yeah, he's questionable, yeah. and I don't. I, he's not like this play. He's not a great play, but he's you know a good price. And if he plays a bunch of yeah. minutes, out of just because he's forced to, but he might play zero minutes, and you want to be locked in on yeah. that. And of course, that's a late game, and there's nothing you can do about it. I don't think we'll have the clarity on it at, at lock on Fanduel. How are you handling it? Well, he's he's like easily right now their best perimeter defender. They use him as the the go to guy to lock down. I assume it'd be they would put him on Paul George or, or Lou Williams, whoever they see fit, but. He's easily their best defender, so if he's out, um, I think uh, Paul George and the Williams will get slight bumps. And also, he's been playing like 34, 35 minutes, so guys like Tony Snell, which is not a, a, an appealing play, Steve McKayluke, who's already been seeing around 30 minutes a game, could see a few more. And then Langston Galloway, who a guy who I've mentioned a few times this year, is uh, 
he's a guy who, if he's on the floor, he's shooting. So he could be somewhat interesting at 3.5K on FanDuel. But that's obviously if we had the Brown news. If we don't have the Brown news, I think I just stay away from these wings in general and then just kind of stick with uh, Drummond and Wood as the plays on Detroit. You got to stand as far as Wood. What, what do we have? 25, 26, 27 minutes? This game blows out. Maybe a few extras. That sounds yeah. about right for you. Yeah. Uh, it's so it's so hard. It's going to really depend on how you build your lineup because we've talked about Cleaver, we've talked about Chris, we've talked about Wood. I think it makes a lot of sense to have at least one of these guys in your lineup, and you know it makes a lot a lot of sense to have if you have Luca, who's going to be pretty chalky. Maybe pair him with Cleaver in, in a game that maybe we're hoping that stays close. He'll be contrarian compared to guys like Wood and Chris, so maybe you go Luca and uh, and Cleaver, and then you know maybe a, a net in there somewhere. So I think it makes a lot of sense to have one of Wood, Chris, or Cleaver in your lineups. But um, I, maybe even two of them. So I think he's a really strong play. But uh, I don't know, I don't know how much I get to him because I am trying, like I said, to get to uh, you know contrarian value options. And I do think he will be pretty chalky. I do think he's a really good play though. If you have the money, uh, Kawhi or George, he's, and Kawhi uh, George, is a power yeah. forward, right? Is that is it because of position positional? Yeah, I think it's a positional thing, right? Yep. So yeah, Kawhi is a power forward, which I don't love, obviously. Um, because there there are so many guys in the mid tier to, to value range, so I prefer Paul George, especially at a price or at a position where we haven't really talked about any small forwards that really jump off the slate. So he's a really good one at eight K on Fanduel. So I would definitely prefer George over Leonard, but fifty percent ownership is kind of uh, high. What I assumed for George early in the day. So um, I, th- I do think he's a strong play though. Uh, Andy mentioned uh, Andy will be on premium in just a few minutes. Uh, the show we're leading into, of course, is crunch time with Andy. I believe JSU and I believe Roth as well. Uh, Andy pointed this out that Kawhi's seen a lot of minutes of late, which we haven't necessarily seen throughout yeah. the season consistently. Games that are close, 38, 36, 38. Uh, skip in the 27 where they blew out San Antonio, 37 before that. So that's kind of interesting and, and noteworthy. Uh, you like Lou? Uh, you like Lou on Vandal, right? You said 5.2 cases too cheap. Yeah, I think he's a really good play, and the ownership isn't really following him because uh, of guys like Paul George and Kawhi being pretty popular. So I think Lou Will's a pretty strong play too. I mean, he's going to be probably around thirty percent. We have him projected for twenty-eight at Vandal, so he will be somewhat popular, but you know, almost half of what Paul George is going to be. So I, I don't, I don't mind Lou over there at Vandal. Let's do this rapid fire. We've got a couple questions here loaded up. Uh, thoughts on Dwight Powell, yay or nay? I think you could play him. I, I prefer Kleber, um, and then on Vandal, it's tough for me to justify that because I like guys like. Uh, Jokic and Drummond and even Matras Harrell who I didn't mention in that last game I think he's pretty interesting too so uh, I don't love it on Fandle but um, on, on DraftKings you could play him but I still prefer Kleber uh, Thoughts on Rozier I know you mentioned a lot of point guards where is Rozier for you? Yeah I'm not going to Rozier there's just way too many point guards I, I you know not necessarily a bad play and, and a really good matchup but um, more guys with upside I think you can even spend on Fandle anyway you know $500 less to get to a guy like Murray uh, so I'm preferring to go other ways. Regardless of price, your, your top plays, top scoring plays on Fandle, specifically shooting guard. Um, shooting guard. So just is this just top point overall or point per Yeah, dollar? I think just raw points, I believe, is what they're asking for. Uh, number one, I have to be Butler. Number two, let me pull it up. Uh, number two, I have Donovan Mitchell. And then number three, Devontae Graham. A uh, couple more questions before we step aside. Uh, all right, choose two of these four for a tournament. Ingles, Bojan Bogdanovic, Alec Burks, and Glenn Robinson. Um, I would prefer Bogdanovic and Burks, I suppose, but I think you can go down to Robinson over Burks and then upgrade somewhere else. Uh, Bielitsa or Cleaver? You know my answer is Bielitsa. What's yours? 
I would prefer Bielitsa, but if you need need the, I think, $700 on Fanel, I think that's a strong a strong move, but I do think Bielitsa is a good play. Rank the studs to pay up for. Uh, okay. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Number one, Luca. Number two, Luca. Number three, yeah. Uh, number one, number one, Luca. Number two, Drummond, and then number three, um, Spencer Dinwiddie, and then number four, Jokic. I really like Dinwiddie today, though. What a weird thing to call him a, a stud, but he, he's not yeah. not a stud. Like, well, he's not going to be a stud soon when everybody comes yeah. back. But yeah, as of right I mean, now, he, he is a stud. He's more expensive than Paul George, three hundred dollars less than Jimmy Butler, so he's up there with some studs pricing wise. Let's close strong. Uh, Michaela going to see good minutes with Kennard out again. Uh, Spee, minutes equal money. Not all minutes are created equal. Spee is yeah. dreadful. He's terrible. He needs like 35 to get there. I am not playing Spee. Like, Spee and Michaela, I don't care how many minutes he's playing. Yeah, he's just he's not really very productive when he's on the floor. Uh, and I feel like this, him being on the floor means more production for, for other guys. I will say one thing I didn't really mention, but I just kind of thought about it. If Bruce Brown, if we do somehow get news that Bruce Brown sits, yeah. a guy that could be interesting, oh, we just got some Minnesota news. Well, Everybody's out. <laughs> All out. <laughs> Great. All right. We got to go. We got to the D-Train's going to kick us off the air in a second, but give us a hot take. Of course, crunch time will disperse the information oh, for you guys and tell you what to do. Uh, give me something strong. Finish, close strong in the show. Um, Rashawn Holmes, 25 points, 20 rebounds. I love it. I got him over 50 points today in the expert survey. He's Kyle. I'm Dean. Thanks for watching. Enjoy your basketball. We're out of here. Holler. Holler.